0: every man is called to be a dad and to be a father. Not all of us are biological fathers, but all of us can be spiritual fathers and God has called us to do that. Amen? So we want to give a gift to every man. In fact, our denomination, our headquarters has declared that today is Men's Ministry Sunday. And they did that because it's not just Uh, biological fathers that we honor we honor spiritual fathers you can you can have a child and never speak into that child's life never be there for that child hopefully you will be but you can also not have a biological son or daughter and still be a father and speak in and mentor and make a difference in people's lives amen so go ahead and pass out the gifts today We're uh, giving every father today a flashlight as a reminder that you are to be the light of Jesus, amen? And also, if you have grandkids like I do that won't go to sleep, you can come in at night and shine it on them. (laughs) Bless you. Let's, while they're passing out the gifts today, I want you to join me and let's have a word of prayer for all of our, our dads here today. Amen. Father, I just bless every man that's here today. And Lord, I pray that they would be, most of all, spiritual fathers not just biological, or if they have no children. Lord, that they would recognize that you have called them to stand up and to lead people to Jesus, to to love them and to encourage them, to be there for them. Lord, that we can be spiritual fathers. Lord, we bless them today. We thank you for them and the difference they make in our lives. And Lord, we love them. We appreciate them. And we pray that this simple gift Would be a reminder that when Christ is in our hearts and lives, that we are the light to the world. And Lord, we thank you and we ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. You may be seated. I've got a, a simple yet powerful message today. I've entitled it David's Epitaph. David's Epitaph. An epitaph is a summary of someone's life. And several years ago, we were praying before service, as as we always do. The intercessors will come into my office and they'll pray for me and we'll pray for the service and pray for you and pray for the invitation. The people will respond that God will touch their hearts. And one of, the, one of the ladies, I forget how we got to this point, but she looked at me and she said, Pastor, she said, you may be as tall as King Saul, but you have the heart of King David. And that stuck with me because that's my prayer. I want to be a man after God's own heart. And, and so I told my kids, I said, for my epitaph, You can put on there, the stature of King Saul, but the heart of King David. And so today I want to talk to you about that. God says a powerful statement about David. It's found in Acts chapter 13. Look at Acts chapter 13 verse 22. And while you're turning
1: there, I want to give you some statistics that are pretty overwhelming. 63% of youth suicides, 63% had no father in their life. 70% of youth
0: in state institutions had no father in their life. 71% of high school dropouts had no father in their life. 75% of youth in drug rehabilitation programs had no father in their life. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger had no father in their life. 85% of children with behavior disorders had no father in their life. 85% of all youth in prison had no father in their life. And finally, 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless families. Church, we need fathers. We need mothers, but we need fathers. And I want to challenge you, whether you have biological children or not, men, God has called you to be a father to this generation. They need men that will lead them and guide them and direct them and care for them. They need men that have a heart for God. I mentioned a moment ago about epitaphs, and we've probably all heard some humorous ones or some famous ones, but I want to give you a couple this morning. William Shakespeare, it was said of him, he was not of an age, but for all time and we can see that it makes sense his writings his plays and he impacted not just his generation but today we still read them here's one that was humorous it said all dressed up and no place to go and this was probably one of my favorite ones remember friend when passing by is you are now so once was i as i am now soon you will be prepare for death and follow me And then someone later added, to follow you I'm not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) But I love God's epitaph for David. And I want to ask you, what would God say about you to summarize your life? In Acts chapter 13, read verse 22 with me. And when he had removed him, he's talking about King Saul who had fell, who had turned from God, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Now that's a powerful statement and that's my prayer my prayer is that lord you could put my name in there and substitute it for david i want to be a man after your own heart and i'm a man that wants to do the will of god for my life but this this passage is also somewhat uh, stunning and it's it brings out about some questions because how many have read the story of david and you realize david was not a perfect man He was far from perfect. David made some horrendous mistakes in his life. One time when he was king and he was loafing, he was goofing off. He wasn't being king because his army was out battling and as the leader he should have been there, but he wasn't. And he was looking off of his veranda and he sees a beautiful woman. He inquires about her, Bathsheba, and has her brought to him. He sleeps with her and she becomes pregnant. He messed up. And that's not where it stops. He then realizes, hey, I messed up and and she's pregnant so I need to fix this. So he tries to cover his sin instead of dealing with it. And church, when you try to cover your sin and not deal with it, it never works out right. So He calls for her husband, Uriah, to come back from the battlefield. And he he tries to get him to go home to her so that that he would think that it was his child. But he was an integrous man, and so he doesn't... He said, I can't go in and enjoy the the comfort of my wife when when my brothers are out there fighting and they're they're standing in the gap for my, my nation. And so... David tries to get him drunk. Then when that doesn't work, he tries to have him put at the front of the fiercest part of the battle so he'll be murdered. And that's what happens. Now when you think about that, you think, well, how on earth could God call this man a man after my own heart? And the answer there is straight and it's powerful. It's the grace of God. God knows we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. But he's looking for those like David that we may make mistakes, but our heart truly loves God and we want to live for God. We don't want to sin. We don't want to make mistakes. We want to be men or women after God's own heart. Amen? And even though this is Father's Day and we're talking about David, It it still applies for women today as well. So ladies, don't tune me out. God's no respecter of persons. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. So the spiritual truth applies to all of us. And I want to ask you, what would God say about your life in summarizing your life today? Because David gives me hope. I'm thankful because David made a big mess of his life many times, but God saw his heart. He saw what David wanted to be, what, what, what David wanted to do. He wanted to know God. He he loved God. He worshipped God. And I
1: pray that that's what God sees when He looks at our hearts. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you don't sin anymore. But sin will
0: cease to be the predominant pa- pattern for your life. When we don't know Jesus, we're given to sin. We, it's, it just naturally we live a life of sin. We live a life against the things of God. Sin is anything that you think or you speak or you do that goes against the Bible, that goes against God's Word. We're missing God's mark. That's what sin is. Missing the mark that God has for us. But God tells us that we're a new creation in Him in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is there anybody here that's born again? That's Scripture. Amen? We're not the same anymore. When we invite Christ in, He breaks that dominion, that bondage of sin in our life where we don't have to sin. Now we can still make mistakes. We can still mess up. We can still get tricked and trapped and and do silly things. But our heart doesn't want to live a life of sin. Our heart says, I want to live for God and be a godly man or a godly woman. I want to fulfill the plans that God has for me. And you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you're a new creation in him? And if you're not a new creation in Jesus, and this is something you haven't ever heard of today, I want to challenge you. Say yes to Jesus. Amen. Welcome Him into your life to be your Lord and to be your Savior. So we fall short and we make a mistake, but the Holy Spirit convicts us. How many have ever experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Because you're a new creation in Jesus. And that sin corrupts and destroys our life. So when we sin and we're going the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit's right there. He's saying, don't do that. Stop that. Repent. Turn around. And And if we ignore him, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit just gets louder. Stop it! Sometimes he has to get our attention like that. Amen? But I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's conviction and that sin isn't dominating our lives. Are you thankful for that today? I want to talk to you about some things that will enable us to be men or women after God's own heart. First of all, to be a man after God's own heart, devote your life to Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. We're never going to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father. We're never going to experience all that God has planned for us until the day that we're committed our life to Him. And most everybody here, I'm sure today, has made that commitment. But if you are here today and you haven't made that commitment, I know of no greater day than to say today, Lord Jesus, I want that commitment to be in my life for you. The second thing, we need to deal with sin in our life. King David tried to cover up his sin. We talked about that a moment ago. But David finally dealt with it. And I want want to read a passage out of Psalm chapter 32, verse 3 through 5, that records David's experience and what was happening when he didn't acknowledge his sin. Listen to this. He says, when I kept silent, my bones grew old, though my groaning, all, through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. Aren't you thankful God loves us enough? He's not gonna let us get away with anything. His hand's gonna be upon us. He says, my vi- vitality was turned into drought of summer. And then, he, then it says, Selah. Selah is a, a musical term. And what it means is to pause, to stop, to think about what's just been, been said. Verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I say, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Aren't you thankful when we come to God and we repent? He cleanses us. He restores us. He forgives us of our sins. And that's what David is talking about there. So to be a man after God's own heart, when sin comes and you slip and you stumble, you fall, you make a mistake, you don't just try to cover it up. You don't just let it go. You're quick to say, God, I messed up. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, cleanse me of that and strengthen me and empower me where I don't fall into that trap again. That's the heart of a person that says, I'm a, I'm a man or a woman after God's own heart. Third, to be a man or, or woman of God after God's own heart, don't be lazy in your spiritual walk. Don't be lazy. Make sure that we do not choose the worldly hobbies and sports and entertainment and all these things that do away with time with the Lord. And I'm not saying you can't have a hobby. I'm not saying you can't have sports in your life. Those things are fun. But if they dominate your life where you're never spending time with God, you're going to get off track. So we need to make sure that we are not lazy in our spiritual walk. You can can feed yourself on the Word of God through CDs or through podcasts on the internet. You can uh, listen to Christian music, and you you can experience all these different forms of pouring God's Word and teaching into your life to help you not be lazy, but to be strong in Him.
1: The fourth thing, determine to be discipled. Every
0: one of us needs someone who's speaking into our lives, who's a mentor, who's discipling us. We need to find a mentor. We need to find a role model and meet with them and they'll provide guidance and counsel and encouragement for for us. I've had many mentors in my life and I'm thankful for that. Some of them have been related. Others have just been friends. I had a uh, a godly friend years and years ago when I first started preaching and uh, he was he was an elder uh, evangelist and up in years but he loved the lord and he was encouraging how many need, need encouragement amen. everybody needs encouragement amen and he would encourage me as a young man I was just learning to 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 pastor and to preach and to teach and and he wouldn't come and say oh you messed up that was a bomb today most pastors feel like that. But he encouraged me. He said, Oh, that was good. You, you gave us the word today that you encouraged me. So he was encouraging. One of the, the, the greatest people in our congregation that's an encourager is Hank. Before church, he, he r- runs down the aisle to me right over here. He hadn't seen me in three weeks. He comes up, oh, pastor, how you doing? It's good to see you. And he starts talking to me and telling me how much he loves me, how much he appreciates me. I'd pastor this church if there wasn't anybody here but Hank. (laughs) We all need encouragement, amen? And we need to be discipled. And you, listen to this, church, you need to be a discipler. So it's two ways. Someone's pouring into our life. someone's encouraging us, and we turn around and we take someone who's younger in the faith than we are and we disciple them and encourage them and bless them. So we need to determine that we're going to be discipled and we're going to be a discipler. The fifth thing, be dedicated to spiritual growth for the entirety of your life. Spiritual growth is a lifelong pursuit. You never come to the place where you've learned it all, where you know everything you need to know. I had a guy one time that I was talking to, he was, he was probably in his 50s, and he said, I don't really read the Bible anymore. I've read it so many times, I think I know it all. He seriously told me that. And I thought, you're a nut. <laughs> I'm being honest, I thought he was a nut. Everybody needs to be pouring the word of God in every year. Amen. Time and time again, read through God's word, grow and mature. My grandfather, I, I love the fact that he was 88 years old and he was still in his study every, every uh, morning and he would spend about an hour or so in there every morning of his life and he was reading God's word and he'd have fresh revelation. God would speak something new into his life. And he'd come out and he'd share something new. And he had been a pastor and a teacher and a president of a Bible school. Did all these things. Pioneered four different churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He had done all these things. And yet there was more that he wanted from God. He was never satisfied. He always wanted to grow in his relationship with Jesus. And that's, what,
1: that's, the, that's the sign of someone who wants to be a man or a woman after God's own heart.
0: So what are some of the other marks, some of the traits, the evidence of people who are men and women after God's own heart? In our text, we we mentioned just a moment ago that David was a man after God's own heart who will do all my wills, what the Lord said. We observe the lives of godly men and women throughout Scripture. And if we see their hearts, their desire is to do all. Did you hear that word, that little bitty word? All of God's will. It's not picking and choosing and saying, well, well God, I want to
1: serve you, but I don't want to go to Africa. My mother actually prayed that over me.
0: When I was born, she dedicated me to the Lord, but she said, Lord, don't send him to Africa. So God said, ha ha, I'm going to send him to Alaska. (laughs) Starts with an A, it's close enough.
1: But church, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're not going to pick and choose and say, God,
0: I'll do this, but I won't do this. We're going to say, God, I want to be obedient in everything. And that
1: is so powerful. So powerful. Amen? I love that. Another thing that we see as a trait of those that have a
0: heart for God those that want to do all His will, is that their heart is a praying heart. We look in God's Word and we see Abraham as an example. He built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. God had just promised him all this land. What does he do? He builds an altar to the Lord. The altar is a place of spiritual transaction. Today we, we don't have the formal altars that they used to have in, in the church in the years past. The altar that Abraham built would have been a, a, an altar of stones that he would have put on top of one another. There were other altars in the area that he could have gone to, but he was worshiping the true and the living God, and he established an altar, and in that place, he says, God, you have promised me all these things, and at this altar, I am acknowledging you, I am worshiping you, I am saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. (laughs) I'm going to receive what you promised me. When we we end the service and we give an invitation, we're coming to a spiritual altar and we're saying, Lord, I'm receiving what you've promised me in your word rather than what I'm dealing with in this life. I'm choosing Jesus. I'm receiving. So Abraham was a man of prayer. Moses constantly was on his knees praying for God's direction. He was leading the nation of Israel. He needed great direction from God. We see that in Exodus chapter 34. David prayed for forgiveness. Why? Because he messed up a lot. Some of us need to pray. Lord, forgive me. Solomon prayed for wisdom. Daniel prayed for his people and himself. Nehemiah prayed for God's protection while rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And the apostles prayed for guidance. And Paul, he prayed for the churches where he ministered. We see all of these in Scripture. And Paul also wrote to Timothy, a young pastor, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. He says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Everybody needs prayer. I guarantee you, you're here today because somebody
1: prayed for you. I know I'm here today because somebody was praying for me. We all need prayer. Paul saw that prayer is a
0: primary ministry of the church, and he wanted the men in the
1: church to be active and important in this function of the church. Man, I want to challenge you.
0: You may struggle with prayer. You may say, I don't know how to pray. It's simply talking to the Lord like you talk to anyone else and listening to what He has to say to you. You don't have to be eloquent. I know sometimes in a public setting where there's a group of Christians praying, that some some are, are, are shy and quiet and feel like, I don't know how to pray. I don't want to pray because I'll pray wrong.
1: Just open your mouth and talk to your Heavenly Father. Amen? But be a person of prayer. And sometimes, well, probably most of the time when I talk to people and ask them, what area of your life
0: do you feel like you're inadequate in your spiritual walk? And the number one thing that I hear is, well, I don't pray enough. They know they need to pray. They know prayer makes a difference. But with all the things going on in the world and, and just the time aspect, and then they, they don't feel comfortable or feel like they're good at prayer. So they say, well, there's room for improvement in that area and if we're all honest we'll all probably say we could use improvement in that area amen I'll be the first to say I want to be a better man of prayer and so I want to talk to you just give you a few quick things to help you to be a better man or woman of prayer first of all take time to pray you, you have a calendar, you write in different things. You say, well, Saturday, oh, it's going to be a time we're going to go to picnic, we're going to go to the lake, we're going to go fishing, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You, you write it in, you plan it for your family. In the same way, you, you plan out things for work. Well, I've got this meeting at this time, I've got to make this phone call at this time and do this and do that. Church, you need to put prayer in your calendar. And say, I'm going to pray at this time. I love the fact that our intercessors and our elders both come every Tuesday morning and they they have a set time that we meet. Our elders start prayer at 10 o'clock and we pray from 10 to 11. And then the intercessors come in and they pray from 11 to 12. And then I pray uh, later in the afternoon, usually from uh, two to three, I pray with the uh, staff. So I've got set times But there's also times that we can have that are just common times of prayer. How many love to pray when you're in the outdoors? Amen. One of the great things about Alaska, you see God in creation everywhere. You see His beauty. You see His majesty and His glory. And it just makes you want to respond to it. One of the places that I love to pray is when I go out in the woods. When I'm hunting or fishing. Just looking at God's creation. Some people like to jog. Guess what? That's a great time to pray. Some people like to bike. It's a great time to pray. Some people like to take a motorcycle ride. It's a great time to pray. Amen? Think about certain places that you're going to establish and say, I'm going to take time and I'm going to pray there. And the second one is the place. It can be the open road, a bike path, hunting. In my grandmother's situation, her place of prayer was sacred. It was the bathroom. She had five kids running around. She couldn't get away from them. She'd go into the bathroom and lock the door. Alone with Jesus, yes. My grandfather had his study. And, it, and he would go in there every day. I, I mentioned it a few moments ago. He wasn't just studying God's word, he was in prayer. He was fellowshipping with Jesus. Have a place, it doesn't matter, like I said, where that place is, but have a place that you know this is a place where I'm going to meet with the Lord. The third thing, we need a pattern. How, how many have ever played sports? Any, any sports people? How many have ever had a hobby? Yeah, how many have ever learned a musical instrument? How do you learn to do those things? Practice. Amen, practice. It's the same way with prayer. You start where you are. If you're you're starting out in baseball, they have t-ball where they put the, the little ball up on a stick, you know, a little stick there, so it's not moving, it's not being pitched, so that the kids can learn how to swing and hit the ball and learn this sport. So it's okay to be in t-ball in your prayer life. Amen? It is. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. Pray and practice prayer. The more you pray, guess what? Just like the t-ball players one day, they start off there and some of them go all the way to the major leagues. Practice. So start where you are, and God will help you to develop to pray. How many like that idea? Amen. Fourth, let prayer become a lifestyle. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. So we can purposefully pray at all
1: times in every place. We can. There's been a lot of times that I was in
0: years ago when I was in business and I was in a business meeting and I'd be praying under my breath. Praying about that meeting. Lord is this your will? Should we do this? Should we make this agreement? Should we do this business model and and, and go forward? You can pray everywhere. You can pray in the store. I, I know no telling how many hundreds of times I've gone to Kroger or Costco or some store and been walking through and seen some little kid and just felt overwhelmed that I needed to pray for that child. Lord, I bless that child. I pray that they'd come to know you at a young age. Lord, I pray that that young child would grow up to be a mighty man or woman of God. And I'm not saying they have a choice. I'm saying whichever they are. Some of that went over you. Sometimes they're giving their mother a fit. And I said, Lord, teach that kid some discipline. (laughs) Melinda was on the plane on our journey back Saturday night. And the little kid behind her just kept kicking her seat the whole time. (laughs) And she endured it and she endured it and she endured it. And finally she... She gets up and she turns around and says, Would you please not stop your child from kicking the back of my seat? Kids are going to be kids, but kids need discipline, right? So the the point is we can pray. And prayer is powerful. Prayer makes a difference. Amen? So pray about anything and everything. Make it a, a lifestyle. Another mark, and I love this of a man after God's own heart. We talked about David being a man of prayer. David, when you think of David, what do you think about him? You think about, oh, David and Goliath. He was a young lad and he killed the the great big giant and overcame him. Or you think about the bear and the lion that David overcame. Or you think about David being a warrior or a leader. Or you think about David being a man's man. David was a man's man. There's no doubt about it. Amen? But do you think about David being a man of praise?
1: Because David was an awesome man of praise. He had a tender heart towards God.
0: Even though he was a man's man, we need to understand this today, man. Even though we think that you know, a Christian men are strong and we're going to lead our families. We're going to be men's men. David was a man's man. But he had a tender heart towards God.
1: And that's my prayer. Lord, I want to have a tender heart towards you. David may not have always done things
0: right, but God was never far from his thoughts. And David knew the secret of his success. Listen to this. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 18 it says Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? David knew without a doubt it wasn't his great military experience, his muscles, his brain, his intellect. It wasn't all these things that he could do that that made him king and ruler over Israel, it was God's plan for his life. He acknowledged his success came from God. Men, don't ever think that you're successful because of yourself. It's the grace of God. It's just like walking down a country road and you see these fence posts and you walk along and there's a turtle sitting up on top of one of the fence posts. You immediately know that the turtle didn't get there by himself.
1: Amen? And that's the way that everybody needs to see our lives.
0: That I didn't get here by myself. God wants to bless us. He's got a plan for our lives. He wants us to succeed. But it's his hand and it's following him. And David readily gave God praise for what he did in his life. And I'm going to close with just a a few verses that, that speak of David's heart to praise God. Listen to this. Psalm 7 verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praises to the name of the Lord most high. In Psalm 30, verse 4, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks to the remembrance of His holy name. Psalm 33 and 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. If you want to be better looking, praise. That's what it says, right? Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Somebody who has a life that praises God is automatically better better looking. They're beautiful. Verse 34 and 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I love that. David shows us that a man after God's own heart is a man who prays. That's one of the traits. But he's also a man who will praise God. Now think about this, so many times we think, well, macho men aren't going to pray in front of everybody, they're not really men of prayer or spiritual things, or a macho man is, certainly isn't going to praise God, he's got to make sure that
1: persona of being macho is out there. Well, think about it, David was as macho as anybody I read about in Scripture,
0: and yet he was a man of prayer and he was a man of praise he wasn't afraid to verbalize his love for God he wrote the song many of the Psalms these songs that would be sung by Israel giving praise and glory and honor to the Lord men Be a man after God's own heart. Be a man of determined prayer and be a man of praise and don't be ashamed of verbalizing your love for God who has picked you up like a little turtle and put you on the fence post. And people see your life and they see the success and they know that it's the hand
1: of God. Psalm 22 and verse 3 and I'm going to end with this verse says, but you are wholly
0: enthroned in the praises of Israel. David shows us that a man after God's own heart is a man that will openly and consistently practice the presence of God. Did you hear that? He will openly and consistently practice the presence of God. In other words, he's not ashamed of God. He loves God. He wants to fellowship with God. He wants God's presence in his life manifest where that he knows that God's there. The scripture says that God is omnipresent, that he is everywhere present. But it also talks about church, the fact that God will manifest his presence in in our lives. And and David, it has a key here, but you are holy, he's talking about the Lord God, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned, the the word there means to be seated. And in the case of a king, which God
1: is, it's interpreted enthroned. Listen, this this is powerful. When we begin to praise God, he is enthroned
0: we are welcoming his kingdom rule and his kingdom power into our lives and into the situation that we face that is so powerful when you're going through struggles when you're when you're up against something a mountain that seems too great to go around when you have difficulties and trials in your life you lift up and begin to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is there. His presence is there. He is enthroned in the, pres- the praises of his people. And what you're saying is, Lord, I ask your kingdom rule to overrule the circumstances that I find myself in. I love that. So we praise God and we welcome him to come. When we're struggling, maybe it's in in an area of health in your life. You're struggling with a sickness or a disease. And you begin to praise God and you welcome His promise, His kingdom rule to come and to overrule what you're facing in life. David was a man after God's own heart. And he practiced the presence of God through praising the Lord and welcoming Him to come. You love that, church? How many want to be like David in that aspect? Amen. I want the worship team to come. I want you to stand with me if you would.
1: And I want to ask you today, what would God say is the summary of your life? I want to be a man after God's own heart. And I want God to say that I was someone who wanted to do all of His will. I want to pray for the fathers today. And then I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Father, I just... Thank you, Lord, for your word today and your
0: example of King David. Lord, I'm thankful that your word says that he was a man after your own heart, that he did your will. Lord, he messed up and we see that and it encourages us because all of us have messed up in our lives. We have failed. We have fallen short. We have sinned. But Lord, Your grace is greater than all of our sin today. And today is a new day. It's a new beginning for us. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that's listening to the condemnation of the enemy, Lord, I just pray that today You would just overwhelm them with Your grace and Your mercy and Your love. And Lord, I pray that every one of us here today, whether we're men or women, Lord, that we would desire today Lord, to be people after your own heart. People that are committed to the will of God. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And Lord, I pray that you just pour your Holy Spirit out upon us. Empower us. Equip us, Lord, to live for you and to fulfill the plan that you have for each one of us. Lord, I just thank you for the men here today. And I pray that every one of them would would recognize whether they have biological children or not, they still are called to be a spiritual father. And for those men here today that are fathers biologically, that they have a responsibility not just to be a biological dad and put food on the table and clothing on their children's backs, But Lord, they have a responsibility that's greater than that even, to be a spiritual father. Lord, I bless our fathers today. And I bless our mothers today. Lord, I just thank you for them. And I pray, Lord, that we would all have an epitaph from you one day that says that we're people after God's own heart and we did God's will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. As the prayer team comes forward and the worship team begins to lead us in prayer, I just want to invite you to come. If you have a prayer need today, we want to agree with you in prayer. We want to pray for you today they will be part of the team up at the front, part of the team at the back. As Mitch leads us, find somebody before you go, and we'll spend just a few moments, and we're going to pray today.
1: Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app, or by going online at summitwc.com slash give.